Thank you for listening to this edition of the Christian Car Guy podcast. It's brought to you by Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. Mr. Quick Pick is the opportunity for you to start your own roadside assistance business. If you have more investment energy than investment capital, stop working for someone else. Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road is the opportunity to have your own home-based business, working directly with auto clubs and leveraging a national brand and marketing strategy. Mr. Quick Pick helps people who have run out of gas, lock their keys in their car, or need a jump start. An A-plus rated company with a better business bureau and the three-time winner of the Member's Choice Award for customer service. This could be the chance you've been looking for to serve others at the point of crisis and even share your walk with Christ. So whether you're looking for a business opportunity or in need of emergency roadside assistance, choose Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road, mrquickpick.com. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Greedonomics. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? I already know the guy's mind. Greedonomics. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? Who's talking about, Willis? Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Negotiations Bible style. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Greedonomics. Greedonomics. Greenonomics. Yes, today you will find out what I'm talking about on the Christian Car Guy Show. Greenonomics. Last week, I was praying up the mountains and God hit me with this question. Since most Americans have a car payment, whether I like it or not, how much car payment can the average American actually afford? That was the question God wanted me to ponder. How much car payment can the average American actually afford. So first thing Monday morning, I went back and, and started studying and I tried to back into what an affordable budget towards personal transportation based on the average American household income and expenses, what that might look like. And as I began my research, I couldn't help but note there wasn't anything out there like this. And anything that was out there, the average budget numbers available or percentages were totally unworkable with current 2016 costs, especially health insurance and health care costs. The results, as I backed into these numbers, just literally blew my mind, and I bet they will blow your mind as well. Greedonomics is all I can say. <laughs> and here are the numbers as simply as I can put them, right? And the source of these numbers are from the Bureau of Labor Statistics and all the other sources you'll find there at christiancarguy.com where you'll find another copy of these numbers and the articles that go with them. So here you go. The average American household income, $53,657. But of course, you got to take taxes out of that because we don't get to take all that, do we? So when you take the taxes out, that leaves us with 37560 actual spendable money dollars. The average American's mortgage payment 
annually is $11,400, which represents 30% of that budget. So 30% of your money's gone just on housing. Then here was the real shocker. The one that nobody, nothing I could find on anybody's website or budget planning had anything like this percentage. But as much as I could research it, here's what I found. Health insurance. The average American pays for health insurance, and these are the average American that does not have a subsidy. In other words, if your employer is paying your insurance, you don't have that. But the average American who is paying for his health insurance is paying annually $8,724. So that's 23%, not the 3 or 6% that people used to budget by, but 23% of your spendable income. Now, add to that food, which the household you know, this, these statistics are pretty easy to come by. The average household spends $7,368. There goes another 20% of your budget. If you're adding this up, you're going, wow, 30% plus 23% plus 20%. Yeah. And then utilities, you know, electricity and all that good stuff. 14% of your budget, $5,109. Then wait a minute. Just, just because you paid for health insurance doesn't mean you got your deductibles paid for, nor your medicine, nor your doctors. So there goes another 6%. Just paying for your medicine and stuff, $2,089. So now, if you were to tithe 10% or save, take your pick, which, you know, <laughs> I'm saying one or the other, if you were to do that with just what we've talked about so far, you would be $886 over budget. In other words, you haven't spent a dime on entertainment or clothes or credit card payments or insurance on other ways you haven't been to spend a dime. All you did was try to tithe at this point after you paid for your food and your utilities and your housing and your health. And guess what you got? Negative $886. Which leads me to the original question, if you're the Christian car guy, what's the average? what can the average American afford for personal transportation? Since we know that the average American household has 1.9 cars driving 15,000 miles apiece, if you had money to spend on that, which... I don't know where that's coming from, but you're obviously out there doing it every day, so I'm proud of you. But gas alone, the average on if you're spending that in 20 miles a gallon and 15,000 miles in two cars is $3,300. Car insurance, $1,920. And your yearly maintenance, $800. So there goes another $6,000 from that $37,000, which is 16% of the income. And oh, by the way, we have yet to pay a dime towards a car payment. So we are now $11,734 over our take-home income, and we still have not included any car payment, a lease payment, depreciation. If you own your cars outright, you got nothing. So again, my, my real struggle here was the answer to the question, how much car payment can the average American afford, came to this. The average American household cannot afford a car. What? So what do you do with that, Mr. Christian Car Guy? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I did. was the first I called in the big guns. Naturally, that would include God with lots of prayer. I started praying, what in the world do I do with this? And then it just so happens that I know a car guy with way more than my 46 years of experience in the car business. Yeah, that's possible. And he was the director of national fleet sales for Buick Motor Division, and he was the director of national used car sales for Buick Motor Division, and he went on to own several car dealerships himself, and in his mid-80s, he was still full-time with his own company, Management Performance Groups, consulting 
car dealers nationwide. But of all those things that I would mention, best of all, he's my dad. <laughs> so he's here with us today to help us with all these greetonomics. Welcome, Dad. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie. Yeah. And <clears throat> so, Dad, these numbers, when we start going through them, they're kind of shocking, aren't they? They uh, kind of blow your mind. You're right. <laughs> Uh, I had no idea that, uh, uh, you know, the way that you've laid out these expenses and I've checked them and, uh, you source them properly and they, they appear to be real. So it's kind of a, it's an interesting thing. So yes, yes, uh, we do have a 2016 updated personal transportation plan that we will unveil for you today. My father and I. In spite of this unworkable budget, we're going to share what we think we can do personal transportation-wise with the money that's available. And yes, we're going to spend some time on Greedonomics 101, kind of how we got here from a car guy perspective. And certainly my father's a historian and been there for a lot of this stuff as he worked for General Motors for nearly 20 years. And the thing that I don't want to leave out is this is a live show. And every one of you out there is presently, I don't know how you're doing it, but you're making this work. Somehow, you are making it work. And I don't know except how, but except by the grace of God. So everyone out there could possibly be set free from their, their personal bondage by your strategy. What are you doing? How are you making it work? What do you feel helps you make it through these difficult financial pressures? Yes, it could be that you handle your personal transportation and a unique strategy, or maybe it's the way you handle healthcare or food. The question is, you personally, right now listening, what is your secret weapon against these financial pressures? Call us, 866, we got lots of lines open, we would love to hear from you, 866-348-7884, 866-348-7884, your wisdom could really help someone out there because I guarantee you this stuff is not easy. Or perhaps you would like to take issue with my numbers or our plans. You know, we would welcome that. We would love to hear from you. I don't know these numbers are absolutely what they ought to be. I, you know, I did my best and I researched it every place I could, but I would love to know what your thoughts are and what's your insight. 866-348-7884. Actually, my wife will tell you. God is clearly not giving Robbie Dillmore all the answers. <laughs> In fact, she would venture to tell you not very many. So if you don't think I've got it right, man, you call 866-348-7884. And luckily, we also have some Jesus Labor Love stuff that we're going to get into. That's the car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. I have some stories to share with you I know will touch your heart. I've got all that stuff coming up and I am really excited about what God's going to do with this. But like all the stuff we always do at the Christian Car Guy, you can go to ChristianCarGuy.com. You're going to say, Robbie, I need to hear this plan, but I got to go do something. Well, you can go back later today at ChristianCarGuy.com and get this episode. The podcast will be there moments after the show, or you can get many different shows, many different programs that you might have heard in the past that you want to hear, as well as what is this Jesus Labor Love, the Christian Car Sales Registry, Christian Car Help in your area, and, of course, Christian Car Guy Theater. It's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com. We got the phones lighting up. That's great. And we would love to take your call. How are you getting by in all this? How does this work? These Greedonomics things. 866-348-7884. So much Christian Car Guy show coming up. I'm excited to hear what's going to happen anyway. 
Greedonomics. What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about, Willis? Greedonomics. That's what we're talking about today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And we would love your input on what we can do about these uh, financial pressures, as we talked about at the beginning of the show. When you look at the average American household and you try to understand what the average American could spend on a car payment, it comes out pretty quickly that, wow, there's no money there. So we're hoping we got some folks here lined up to call the, that are going to share their strategy or maybe their struggles or their voice on it. We would love to get your voice on it, 866 348 Seven eight eight four eight six six three four. Truth. Of course, we got some ideas for you. I hope you got some for us. We got Todd is in Glen Allen, Virginia. Todd, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Hey, good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm excited about what you might have for us. Oh well, sir. I can tell you this. I paid my tithes. That's number one. There okay. You go. Yeah. And I do. I do believe because it's not just what you got. It's about God sewing that hole up in your pocket too. You know, that oil burned for eight days. Remember that? <laughs> oh, it burned for eight days. It wasn't supposed to last that long. And I think that's how he's helping me, you know. But the other thing, a more um, secular strategy, I got a good mechanic. I got a 2002 old. So old, they don't make it, and they call it an Oldsmobile. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I And do. I just turned 350,000 miles this week. Well, that, that, there you go. Now, Todd, you have a strategy that I, you know, I have a 1995, you know, everybody uh-huh. knows his old red. So I understand that completely. And I, I did those, but, those numbers, but, and, and they're at, you know, car budget. But when you look at how long, how long have you had that car? When did you buy it? I've had it. I'm the original owner. It's okay. 14 years old. Okay. So you've had that car 14 years. And originally it, it's an Oldsmobile, what model, a Cutlass or? Uh, oh, it's an Alero. I think they stopped making the Cutlasses. Oh, Okay, so originally was that in the eighteen thousand dollar range? Uh, yeah, it was a twenty thousand dollar car, zero interest, because at the time the car industry was in trouble. Yeah, well, and they stay there. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so twenty thousand dollars. Now, over the period of fourteen years, in ten years, you were down to mm-hmm. to you know just two thousand dollars a year as far as depreciate whatever that you've actually invested the car. So, at this point. It's essentially just how much is your annual maintenance. And the D- Department of Bureau of yes. Statistics gives you that. The average maintenance on a 14-year-old car, believe it or not, is only $588 a year. Of course, after That's three cool. years, you'd have enough to buy a transmission maybe or an engine. But is mm-hmm. that kind of your experience is if you budget that stuff in, then essentially all you're having to pay is gas, that $588 maintenance insurance, right? Yeah, right. Insurance and, um, and, and taxes. You know, we still got personal property tax in Virginia, <laughs> yeah. and and it's negligible. I love it. I love it. I pay less than fifty dollars a year in taxes for this car. And your ins- you know? insurance is less expensive on an older car. Um, yes, sir. In lots of it different is. ways. So God but, bless you, Todd. That's that's great wisdom. And I, the tithing part, you are exactly right, my friend. You can't outgive God. So if you start off with that as a as a that that is really oh, yeah. great that's wisdom. That's the key. I really do believe that he's in there. And also, you got to get a great mechanic. He's so honest, and he tells me, he says, Todd, you know, the light on the dashboard is working, is on, but your ABS is working. He says, you know, I can make it go out, but I can't guarantee it'll go out. And how many of these mechanics would do that if you took it to, I'm not going to call those main brand shops. 
you know, you get you a local garage and a guy you can trust and, you know, his, and, and his that, lot is always, always full. And this is huge. This is absolutely huge for anybody yes. with personal transportation. When you get to older car, you've got to have a mechanic you can trust. And so I've written several articles on that, but, you know, people out Amen. there struggling one of the things that I believe wholeheartedly, like the tithe, if we start out with God, we begin to pray, God, I need a good mechanic. Then, you know, you share uh, prayer requests at your Sunday school class. Yes. Tell your Sunday school, I need a good mechanic. And you and, and they begin to pray for you. Or guess what? Somebody else in your Sunday school class already knows one. Um, oh, yeah. You know, those kind of things. So great that's, stuff, that's Todd. It. You got some wisdom, and, my friend. God bless you. And not just that. I'm paying for my son's college loans. Okay? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and All right. Is, I'm still that, paying. So you got yeah. it. God bless you, my friend. Bye-bye. God bless you and your father, too. Thanks. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. All right. We have Zeta. I hope I'm saying that right. Is in Greensboro, North Carolina. Zeta, you're on a Christian Car Guys show. Good morning. Did I say your name wrong? Good morning. Um, It's Zeta. It starts with a V. Oh, Veda. But but that's okay. Um, And I was going to say um, what I need, what I wanted to say was, a, a lot like what the man you were just talking to said, but what I do um, every month when I get my paycheck, I try to immediately or as soon as possible sit down and write my checks for my tithe and go ahead and give my tithe and get it into the mail um, and trust God to make the rest of my paycheck cover my bills and and food and and my needs and and so so far see it um so far that's working and um uh but it took me years and years to get disciplined to do that to where I would um could um sit down and do that before I paid any other bills or went and spent any other money and um and so but I have found that um yeah, that the, the, the trusting God. God. Yeah, that's huge. To make the other. Oh, well, let's let's know. just take that subject a second, Zeta. So yeah. many of us think, well, we need a a nicer this or we need a nicer that, but we currently don't have that. So, as we begin to trust God, we begin to be satisfied with what He's given us in our current state, so we don't go into debt. Right. Yeah. I, yes, I agree. And um, that debt yeah. is what is driving. So much of this greedonomics, why the average American is struggling is because the debt load on their backs, not to mention the national economy debt load, is there. But you have some real wisdom there. I hope, you know, I hope I glean something from it. If we could just trust God that, look, you're making it. Do you really need that new, latest, greatest cell phone or whatever it is? If you can afford it, yes, I understand. If you're making your tithe and all that other stuff, but is it, do you need to go into debt to get that, whatever it is? Are you really trusting God? Those are those are deep questions we need to ask, right? Yes, that's right. I think a lot of people um, uh, are have a lot of peer pressure. They're under. A oh, lot of they are. They are. Well, we got to run Zeta. Zeta Veda. I got it right this time. It's Veda. We would love to hear your comments, your questions. We're going to get more into these plans. You call us, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Remember, all this information is at ChristianCarGuy.com. Thanks, Veda. God bless you. We got so many more calls, so many more people coming up. Greedonomics. 
We are talking greedonomics today, and the question is how much car payment, if whether I like it or not, but a lot of people have them, how much car payment can the average American actually afford? We went through those numbers at the beginning of the show and came to the conclusion that the average American is thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars over budget before they could possibly ever get to even making a car payment, which leads to a lot of questions and we would love your answers 866-348-7884 is the number to call in and join the conversation either with your solution or maybe with a question or maybe you take issue with my numbers and again all this stuff is at christiancarguy.com as well as at jesus labor love and we're going to get into that in a minute but getting down to greedonomics and kind of what actually how do how can this happen how is it that these numbers could be that the average american could in no way, shape, or form possibly make a car payment. And the answer, Dad, when you look into the numbers, is to a great extent credit card debt. Well, that's true. And uh, the the indebtedness today, not only the nation, but of individuals, is tremendous. Um, however, you know, I think back to when I started in the car business in 1950, and at that point, a pickup truck, a Ford pickup, was like $1,500. But the government has mandated so many safety issues on the car, such as seat belts and so forth, that the uh, cost of building a car is much greater than it was. Also, I have seen uh, greed and a difference in the attitude of the uh, corporate people um, over the years, not only at General Motors, but, but all companies. Yeah, and, and it, that's, that's where I wanted to get into this, this greedonomics thing. And, and at first, when I started to go there, it's a really dark place. And I, and I was hoping <laughs> that Lord would take me through that and find some hope and joy on the other end of it. But, but when you begin to go down into there, realize that it, you can overcome evil with good, and there's a lot of evil down in there. But there's still people. It's, it's our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against you know spiritual forces in high places. But as we talk about this, believe me, it's going to sound real dark for a while. But I got I I I've been on, I've come through the other side of it. And I think you're going to find some joy and hope on the other side of it. But to get into that, and the history of the car business, I can remember when I was growing up, Dad. You would call them bean counters, and you would say that they're not car people anymore that are running these industries. That they're bean counters. And what did you mean by that? Well, uh, most of them really didn't understand the car business. They understood financial, the financial end of it, and uh, they were concerned about profits and so forth. And, uh, of course, the, the cost of building a car today is much greater than it was years ago. The, uh, one of the problems is that even the low-cost cars need the same safety-mandated uh, features that are on the more expensive cars. So it's, it's very, uh, it's really impossible for the manufacturer to make money on the less expensive cars. And that, that of course would be one of the secrets would be to do away with some of the regulations. But well, which, you know, we don't see that coming, but we do see something at work here. And if we go back, let's go back in time to where, where there were car people that were running the corporation. And one of the great all-time, in my opinion, and of course you could take issue with his religion and his politics, but from a standpoint of a car guy, 
Henry Ford, nobody would ever argue, was a car guy. And his passion, his passion was, and you can see this in almost any history book, is I want to build a car that an average American can afford to buy within a year with the wages that I pay him. In other words, Henry wanted his own workers to be able to buy his car reasonable in a reasonable percentage, you know, like six or seven percent of their income to go towards buying one of his cars in a year's time. So he set about this goal. And when you set about a goal like this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this happen. The Swedes with Volvo, they were car guys. And they said, we are going to build the safest car on the planet. And if you study the early days of Volvo and a lot of the technology that came to Volvo was their mindset was we were going to make a safe car. And, and I've heard many a policemen say, I've never pulled a dead person from a Volvo. You, they built a safer car because that's what they set out to do. Well, when Henry decided that he was going to do that, he then, God then gave him the genius of the assembly plant. God gave him the genius of, hey, if I tell my suppliers to ship me these parts in crates that are exactly this size i can use those boards to make my floorboards i mean this guy was a genius in using stuff that other people would be the reason he had that was his value was i'm going to make a car that the average american afford and when he couldn't get it cheap enough for his labor you know what he did he raised right the wages of the workers so that they could, you know, he, he came at it both ways. Well, the result was, what's the fruit of that? The fruit was he put millions and millions and millions of Americans to work, not just through what he did with Ford, but through what everybody immediately picked up on his, his ideas. And the next thing you know, they were mechanizing, you know, farm equipment in the same way. And America went through this tremendous thing. And all these people went to work and all sorts of good happened because, they were focused on helping people improve their lives. Now, when we work, if we're you know, now at General Motors or whatever, are they focused? Are they focused on making a car that the average American can afford? Or what is their focus? And Dad, where is their fo- what was their focus when you were with Buick? Well, uh, one of the focus, the main focus, was to get their share of the market. And um, that that's true of every manufacturer that they want, you know, to excel with the number of vehicles that they're producing and selling. Um, and also their focus currently is with SUVs and trucks. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, and in spite of the fact that pickups are very uh, popular, uh, when you look at the average price for pickup today of forty, fifty thousand uh, dollars, it's almost out of the reach of any buyer. Right. So when we take and look at this focus, and 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 I'm sure you would agree with me, Dad, that one of the all-time geniuses of that focus would be Lee Iacocca, right, the one-time head of Chrysler, and he had the brilliant idea, in my opinion, absolutely brilliant from a standpoint of marketing, whatever. Now, the fruit of it may be, we can argue about that, but the brilliant idea was, I'm going to buy Jeep from Renault, and I'm going to take this car that Renault is marketing as an Eagle station wagon. In 1988, you could buy an Eagle station wagon for $14,700. Lee Iacocca took what Renault already had on the drawing boards as the 1990 Eagle station wagon and he rebadged it, the 1993. 
Now, of course, you always go up a model year, so it looks newer. <laughs> right, right. He badges it the 1993 rather than an Eagle because he now has the Jeep franchise. He just rebadges it. He doesn't change any component in it except the grill and the badges on the car. He changes it to a Jeep, which has a completely different image to it, Grand Cherokee. And in the limited version of that same $14,000 car will now cost you $29,000. So here was a car that was four years ago, $14,000, and now it's nearly twice the price. And believe me when I tell you that it had all the safety stuff in it that the other one had. <laughs> there was nothing. What was really different was that he had a new name. But then you say, well, I'm sure they told Iacocca this. Well, people won't be able to afford that. So he says, well, we'll put a rebate on it. You know, since we got so much markup in the thing, <laughs> we'll put a $1,000 rebate on it to help them with their negative equity. So, you know, they're not going to, they're going to owe too much on their other cars. So we're going to give them a $1,000 rebate so that they can get into these loans. And here's where we really can make money. And this is where the financial people really come in. And they, they are you know, the, the people wanting to buy it have the greed of getting something I can't afford, and the people who are wanting to sell it are willing to take and give you now a loan for $29,000 and the interest that they make on that loan alone. And if you look at it at the time, Price for Financial, GMAC, their financial arms were waking, making way more money than the manufacturer arms. Am I right, Dad? That's right. That's right. And because they were making all the money on this just tracing money. Unfortunately, the fruit of that was putting people into bondage, not giving more jobs, not creating freedom, not creating more for everybody, but the net result of greedonomics, the fruit of that does not help anybody. And so much when, now if you take greedonomics 101 and expand it and say, okay, that's what happened in the car business, we can see that because we lived it then. But that happened in the healthcare industry it in, happened in government. It happened in banking. It happened in all these different places. Appliances. Right. And, and it just begins to look really, really dark. However, you want to know how, how it gets overcome? It's this good overcomes evil. Light overcomes dark, right? One Henry Ford that walked into his situation with all the evil that was there in that year, too, made a difference. And so can we. We have some plans. We have some ideas. We have hope. And we're going to share that when we come back with our last segment of Greedonomics on the Christian Car Guy Show. We still need your call, and we got the Jesus Labor Love stuff. We got so much. Oh, to run into this last segment. Stay tuned. will rise if we wait upon the Lord, even in greedonomics. And so we are listening to that on today on the Christian Car Guy Show, hoping to hear from you. How do you come up against these financial pressures that obviously have the average American to the point where they can't afford hardly a car at all? 866-348-7884. And if you're listening to the last segment, you heard us speak a lot about greedonomics, and you can find out about Greedonomics at christiancarguy.com. There's an article there as well as plans to beat this Greedonomics. 
But also there is our Jesus labor love. And we talked about how all this indebtedness has put people in slavery and, and set up costs that are really unworkable for so many Americans. And the Jesus labor love, we see the fruit of that every day. The Jesus labor love is free car repair labor, not the parts, but the labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. There's a network of folks that help us across the country. And of course, that information's all at christiancarguy.com. But I wanted to share, here's some real struggle for you. All right. And, and you're going to hear it firsthand. Um, I got these applications this week. These are not old. <laughs> this isn't something I saved up. I, I got these this very week. And when you hear it, you can see what's really going on out there. And, and it's hard to hear. But here's number one. I'm a single mother of a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old daughter. My 10-year-old has cerebral palsy and developmental delays. And the two of them have many doctor's appointments during the year. I travel to work doing house cleaning with what little I can. Also, I have two disabled parents. I'm trying to help them with appointments and errands. My 1993 Honda Accord has a possible correct head gasket due to radiator and cooling fan issues. It leaks fluid and tries to overheat many times a week. The front turn signal light cover due to a deer needs to be replaced. It needs new windshield wipers and brakes. I also cannot take it out of park without the shift lock release button being pressed in with a bobby pin. The power steering leaks oil as well. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine? Wow. That's what she faces every day. A daughter with cerebral palsy, disabled parents, and a car that is limping. And by the way, for those of us that know something about cars, that power steering leak she's talking about, that needs a rack. That's over $1,000 just by itself. And when you look at this, it seems insurmountable. Here's number two. I'm a single mom of three boys, age three, nine, nine, and 11. I just started working part-time at Murphy USA. That's a gas station. I was without a job for four months. I lost my job because of transportation needs. Too far away and just wasn't enough hours for me to work. I had a massive hot water leak under my home last month that cost me $400 for my power bill and $200 for my water bill. My bills have more than doubled in price. The main reason I need my car fixed besides transportation to work and back and forth is because my two oldest sons have special needs. My oldest, Dylan, is autistic and ADHD and has therapy once a week. Doctor appointments for his autism once a month, which he sees two doctors for. My middle son, Corbin, also has therapy once a week for behavioral issues and ADHD. That's not to mention regular checkups, school activities, and so on. Of course, my youngest has to have his regular checkups. I don't have any friends, and the family I do have don't have anything to do with me, so I have to do it all on my own. With previous car repairs on this car adding up to almost $2,000, and with these hot and high water bills and electric bill, I could barely pay my power bill last month. (laughs) My 2002 Saturn runs hot when I'm at a stoplight, but it's still running. Maybe the radiator fan. A right-style wheel bearing needs to be replaced. Windshield is really quacked cracked, which means it may not pass inspection. The check engine light is also on. The car needs a tune-up. My car is doing an inspection at the end of August. I'm afraid that the windshield crack and the check engine light isn't fixed. It won't pass. Now, you can see that these, this is the fruit of a lot of choices on a lot of people's places. We can overcome evil with good. At the end of the day, how do we overcome great economics? We overcome it with good. And I, I'm just going to throw this out there that if you just gave us $1, the Jesus labor love, just $1, can you imagine, can you imagine 
These two ladies, if 3,000 people, and I know there's way over 3,000 people listening to my voice right now, if over 3,000 people went to ChristianCarGuy.com or mailed in $1, the encouragement, they would feel the kingdom of God. God is coming to my world. And what did it cost you? It cost you $1. All you have to do is go to ChristianCarGuy.com. There's a Jesus Labor Love Donate To button right on the side. It's not hard to miss. Or you can just write a check and, and it'll go straight in. It's the Jesus Labor Love 238 Sara S-A-U-R-A, Sara Lane, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 27107. Jesus Labor of Love, 238 Sara S-A-U-R-A, Lane, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 27107. Or go to Christian Carguy, Christian Carguy, all one word, dot com. There you'll see the banner. Now I got to tell you. Maybe you've got a car to donate because both these ladies, I'm going to be honest, it would probably be less expensive to find them one of these $1,500, $2,000 cars to replace the car that they have. And we could do that if 3,000 people sent in a dollar. We could buy two $1,500 cars and these ladies would be back on the road. I don't know what God has as far as a solution, but I know he has one. And I know that if, if these ladies heard that that many people cared, it would make a huge, huge situation. And a lot of people have cars out there that they're just sitting out there and they're not using. And the Jesus Labor Love is a way to do that. We are a 501c3. It's legitimate, you know, government tax deduction. We can turn your car into cash if, you, if, we, if nothing else. Or we will donate that car if it's workable and it will meet the need. We have ways to do that. Again, it's at christiancarguy.com. You don't have a car to give. I understand you can join the prayer team. <laughs> you can be praying for these people. You can go to Jesus Labor Love at ChristianCarGuy.com and join the official prayer team. We would love to have you, or maybe you want to be join the help team. How are we going to overcome these forces? How did Henry Ford do it as just one person? One person can make a difference because his mindset is how can I help somebody get a car or help somebody do these things? In this case, it may be just a dollar. I don't know what it may be, but I do know that these things can really impact some people that are really struggling. And I am going to be blessed to see what God does with all this. And I usually don't go in that much to that, but I thought, well, as I'm looking at this, we really have a way to overcome good with evil. Now, for the average person who's sitting there struggling, saying, what do I do? If you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, we do have a 2016 budget plan to how to come up against this, which has to do with keeping older cars and keeping them maintained, and keeping a car a long time, like my first caller at the beginning of the show talked about he had his car for 14 years. Well, I assure you that that man is down to where it's costing him, as far as actual cost of the car itself, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 5000 um, excuse me, somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,000 a year between maintenance and, and, and most of his insurance, et cetera. You know, as opposed to where a lot of people are spending three or four thousand dollars a year for their car payments and all those things. So those things are all outlined again at ChristianCarGuy.com under our 216, 2016 budget plan. And Dad, you've overlooked those and, and give us your insight. Well, I you know, I think you're on the right path. And the uh, the fact I think the beautiful thing right now is that uh, no one is building a bad car and cars last much longer than they used to. So, uh, you know, if, if one is to hold on to a car uh, for a longer period of time, it accomplishes what you're talking about. So. Yeah, so 
but the and the other the other thing I would say is we are certainly blessed. Oh, we are. We by the grace of God. Again, I'm going to give that address if you want to send in that dollar directly. The Jesus Labor of Love, 238 Sarah Lane, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 27107. We have absolutely no administration costs. The only thing, if you go through, uh, you know, they're going to take a percent from PayPal or whatever. But other than that, we have everything is donated here. We have no administration costs. It'll all go to these ladies. Thank you for listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. Remember, Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years.